This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Hello, good evening to one and all who is joining us from Sydney and around the world. And uh, we are here to discuss on a very interesting uh, topic, which is definitely the topic trending around the globe at this moment after Russia's terrible invasion in Ukraine. Different people can term it in, in different ways. Different people can interpret the situation in different ways. So we thought of bringing this topic for discussion today in this uh, podcast as well. And after so long, both the co-founders are here on the same episode. We have uh, found this ep- you know, podcast six months back now, and we have continued to do several episodes previously on a daily basis, now on a weekly basis, sometimes on a fortnightly basis. So we still want to continue the trend going on of discussion. So welcome back, George, for some interesting discussion today. It's uh, very good to see you again. Um, It's been too long since our last chat. Absolutely. So what's your take on this ongoing situation of uh, Ukraine? Because I think this was something which was building up in the last few months. We were getting signs of this, that something is going to happen. Something is not right there in their relationship. And also we were getting these signals from the NATO and all the NATO countries, including US, UK. Everybody was giving the signal that there is something coming up. But people were not sure and people were probably underestimating what uh, Ladebar Putin can actually do. But then, you know, he did what he wanted to do and he is firmly now going, uh, you know, for moving forward with whatever he wanted to do till now. And uh, he's not willing to go back or even after those sanctions that have been applied, even after uh, those uh, restrictions that have been applied on Russia. So there is no change in his behavior. He's still, you know, acting um, as a dictator should behave, isn't it? Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about we've been seeing this happen. We've been seeing this build up over the last few weeks and the last few months. Um, I think we've been seeing it build up for the last few years, um, and you can certainly you can certainly um, um, look at Crimea um, and then look what's happened since Crimea. Look what's happened. Look at what he's been saying. For a long time now, um, look at the discussions that have been raised by the Russians um, as far as NATO and the um, the US and and the Ukraine joining NATO, therefore putting US missiles on the Russian border, etc., etc., etc. So I I don't know that it's been the last few months. I think it's been he, he he's been he, he's He's been dropping dropping enough hints left, right, and centre. Um, and let me start off by saying I I do not agree with the actions. I do not agree with the behaviour. Um, I certainly don't agree with with um, deliberately harming um, innocent. Um, women, children, and men, for that matter, um, um, on the pretext 
of, uh, of, of trying to help out these supposed people that are in such um, uh, dire straits. Having said that, the one thing that I've heard that, that I think is worth at least acknowledging, um, there's an ex, a colonel uh, from the uh, US Army and he talked about he talked about the fact that Putin has been saying for a long time that when they were when they were negotiating with NATO and all of that some time back, there was a statement that NATO would not be moving any further towards um, um, Russia. Now Putin's argument is: How would America feel if we had our missiles in Canada? or in Mexico. And we all know, or certainly those that are my age, well and truly know what happens with the what happened with the uh, the Cuban um affair. Um yeah that that was on the brink of of the next world war. Uh, that that really was looking ugly um because the Americans did not want the Russians having their, their missiles in Cuba. So I think I think in that sense He's probably got an argument um, where he's saying that he 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 wants them to promise that that um, Ukraine's not going to be allowed to join because that would then justify uh, the US putting their missiles there. However, I don't believe that's his true story. <laughs> so so he's got a good argument, but it but I don't. I, I, I believe even if that was agreed to, I still believe there would have been a reason that he had to go back. He's made it very clear. He, he's not happy that, that Russia's lost um, a chunk of, of what he thinks is theirs. And he's, you know, he, he's, he's determined to keep going. But it's very, very interesting times. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, the points that he has raised are definitely valid points um, and they have got some sort of logic in those points. But again, you know, the kind of history he holds um, with his remarks, with his comments in the past, uh, it's very hard to trust him. It's very hard to believe that what he's saying he's actually doing because of that. Um, some, some of them might say he's just trying to, you know, capture another territory. Um, and it's quite sad to see, you know, very similar things happen in, you know, we have been discussing about Afghanistan and how similar is this to Afghanistan as well, because we know what happened in Afghanistan back in 1979 when the Soviet Union uh, went there. And, you know, there was a long period which destroyed Afghanistan completely. And unfortunately, I somehow feel that Ukraine is also moving in the same direction. Hopefully it's not as bad, but if you know this is the way it's going to move forward i definitely am afraid of this fact that you know something of that sort might also be uh, born in afghanistan and those kind of issues can be you know replicated and ukraine might become another afghanistan what do you have to say in that regard yeah look i i, I think that is a possibility um we're we're in very interesting times now, and and we really do need some some true statesmen and leaders to step up. Um, I personally, um, when you when you read back through all the stuff that happened in the uh, the Cuban crisis, 
I personally believe if if we hadn't have had Kennedy in power, I really think that that would have ended up in a war. I I, I think the 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 strength and the leadership of that man, um, because the the military and that they were they were all ready to go. They were they wanted to be in it, and I think I think his his ability. Um, to stand up and 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 be a true leader at that time, maybe maybe it wouldn't have been a world war, but I tell you what, it would have been one heck of a battle. Um, and I think we're I think we're in that situation now. I, I mean, look at the scenario. We walk away and we let him have it. Personally, his behaviour is the behaviour of a bully. I've never yet known a bully that's been allowed to get away with it once that won't have another go and another go and another go. The only way you generally stop a bully is to say to him, enough. Um, you know, in the Second World War, um, a, lot of, a lot of countries said, oh, it's not our issue, we can't get involved, we can't get involved, and look where that got. Yeah. So, so... The first thing you say is, well, you can't let him get away with it. We're going to have to stop him. Cool. Let's look at the scenario of, of we decide if NATO sends troops in there, if the US sends troops in there, they're at war with Russia. Where does that leave us? So the I think whoever came up with this strategy of trying to use the um, sanctions um, um i think that's probably uh the, the smart move at the moment but but i'd ask anybody that's watching this if you're sitting there and your wife and children are crying if you if your mum and dad are, are, are at risk of getting their themselves blown up and i tell you mate i'm right behind you we're going to stop him using his atm card would you really think that I've done much to support you? It's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. And the sanctions to really have benefit and for the sanctions to really stop him, you've got to be looking at four to six weeks. And we don't even know what China's going to do at the moment. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, I was about to come to this part of uh, sanctions. A lot of people have actually question this fact that it's because of the weak leadership that we have in the top NATO country, that is the United States. It's because of the weak leadership that Russian president had this courage to do this. Um, and I think I was also listening to some of the other politicians, uh, you know, especially the Republican politicians in the US who were saying that if Donald Trump was the president, maybe Putin would never have done that because of the relationship that they both shared and because he was a stronger leader in terms of being firm and rigid on his position. I'm not supporting any arguments. I'm just putting forward what they said. Um, but I somehow feel that whatever was required to be sorry, done at sorry, this point sorry, of time. Sorry, sorry, Sarab. I really cannot let you continue without saying this. Would they be the same Republican leaders in America don't believe Donald Trump was lying about losing the election? Would they be the same American leaders who don't believe that Donald Trump did anything to stir up a, a, an attempted coup on the 
on the legally elected president? Would it be those same guys that we're going to rely on their opinion? I'm sorry. Anybody that wants to go down that track, my door might be open, but my ears are shut. I mean, seriously, anybody in his party that is still supporting that man has to be questioned, has to be questioned. So what they think about his strength. Now, my personal opinion, if if Trump was in there and Putin was, was thinking of invading, I wouldn't have put it past Trump to say, can I build a hotel or a golf course? So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, I'm, I'm not uh, a buyer that um, Trump would have prevented this. Bot. Absolutely. Yeah, Bot. I think there have, there have been definitely been some questions um, related to uh, the, you know, the age of the new president, you know, because he's aging quite fast. So people have questioned on his ability to not only take this decision, uh, but, you know, several other decisions. But I'm sure that, you know, he's not only this one person taking that decision. He must have consulted several other people in his government before he's taking any decision. And only after that, you know, and also looking at his um, earlier experience as vice president that he brings in for on, from eight years, he must have thought about it and only taken that decision, isn't it? Yeah, uh, look, it is interesting because he had the State of the Nation um, um, uh, talk, I think, today, our time, yesterday, their time or whatever. Um, <laughs> and... Um, um, it was interesting to note that I think it's something like um, it's either 51 or 61% of Americans um, think he's weak. Um, and and that's that's probably the worst, the worst support for a president um, in a long, long time. Um, but let's let's dial that back for a second. And let's come back to just park that over there for a minute. If they're weak, if the leaders are weak um, in in putting forward the the sanctions instead of going to war, do people really want them to all agree to go to war? I'm, I'm, so so um, I, I do accept I do accept that um, Putin, for whatever reason, um, uh, has decided that he, he he'd run the risk of uh, rattling the sabre and seeing what happens. Um, I don't believe that he really thought that he would cop the mass um, uh, sanctions from the, the whole of the, the, the world. Um, and, and personally, I think Germany finally deciding to actually stand up and making a, a, a decision and a very courageous decision. Um, um, I think that would have come as a little bit of a surprise to him. Um, and if we, if we, if we band together, I, I think, as painful as it must be for anybody in the Ukraine or anybody with family in the Ukraine, I think the the sanctions are probably the 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 only way that they could really go at the moment because. Because the alternative is um, a war, and and you know, like I'm not sure about you, but 
I'm not sure that I really want to find out who really does have the biggest gun. Yeah, and from talking about those presidents, now I want to also talk about a president who has been really appreciated a lot, who has um, got a lot of praise for his courage, for his bravery. When people were thinking that if Russia invades this country, he will eventually fly away or, you know, he will just move away from his country. But he was courageous enough to still stick there and in fact, post some social media videos um, where he was asking for more support. And I think U.S. also asked him that if he wants to fly away, they can provide him, um, you know, some sort of help. But Ukrainian president then said, I need ammunition. I don't need a right. So, you know, that's a brave statement from a president who is facing a military army of more than 200,000 soldiers who have already surrounded his country from north, south, west, and who is facing a country which is having the, one of the most number of uh, nuclear weapons. Um, and still, he is so brave and courageous to stick there and still fighting for the independence of his country. So what do you have to say about uh, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky? Oh, I think he would definitely have to get everybody's yay for the day. Um, what? Yeah, um, I think that that's one of those statements um, that that when you get to my age, you'll still be hearing people use it. I, I don't need a ride, I need ammunition. It, it's it's going to be one of those classic uh, statements that will be around for years and years and years, decades. Um, and and um, the fact that he... The fact that he hasn't, and, and if you remember, I was very critical of those um, those great solid um, um, leaders in other countries that left with their billions of dollars for the benefit of the people um, when the when their people were getting slaughtered. Um, um, this bloke, this bloke, really has stood up um, and. Um, um, uh, the fact that he's doing what he's doing has probably given his country enormous strength, even if they get defeated in this. Now, the likelihood is that they will. Um, the question is for how long. Um, so um, if you look at the war, France, France was occupied. Many other countries were occupied. But for how long? OK, um, the, I think. I think the um, another very interesting turning point. I think it was it was either I think it was the day before yesterday. Um, yeah, I think it was the day before yesterday. So I think it was Monday, um, where several countries then said we are going to buy ammunition um, and weapons and supply that to the Ukraine. Um, now that's that's that. That for me was something to see where how how Putin reacted to that. Um, again, I think he probably went in there playing the bluff that I don't think America's going to fight me because they don't want to start a a, a war. Um, I think he may have underestimated that whilst whilst NATO and all of those weren't necessarily going to put troops there. I don't know that he he thought that long and hard um, that they could supply weapons 
to maybe not defeat him, but by geez, make life a bit harder for him on top of sanctions that are really going to, I mean, they, they, their interest rate jumped 20% overnight um, um, with, the, with the sanctions and all of that. They went up by 20% in, in a 24-hour period. You know, you, um, he's going to start to feel it. And I think, uh, do you think that you have just raised this point that Radimir Putin has, in fact, underestimated uh, what he was thinking is a no comparison deal and he will be easily able to capture Ukraine? Because if you look at the size of the army, Russia has got 900,000 active personnel in its armed forces and 2 million in the reserve, while Ukraine has got 196,000, which is like one tenth of Russia and 900,000 in the reserves, which means, you know, it's, it's actually nothing as compared to Russia. Uh, so Russian armed forces is really huge. Um, but I think what was not predicted by uh, Vladimir Putin that the normal, the common man of Ukraine was also, you know, they're also ready with their arms, you know. They were supplied with the arms to fight against Russia. Um, but I, this is also a question, you know, again, moving to the same topic that are we moving again in the same direction as was with Afghanistan? Because if this war ends in a no conclusion thing, what happens to all these things is a big question for us. I don't, I don't, think, it can, I don't think it can end in a no conclusion. I think, uh, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. If, if the rest of the world allows him to keep Ukraine total, what's the, what's the eastern border of Ukraine? How many countries on that border of Ukraine are already in NATO? So... If he takes, if he occupies Ukraine, he then has justification to say, now I need, now I need, now I need. Okay. And he's made that, he has made that sort of statement in the past where he has talked about in various ways, but he has talked about bringing it back together. Right. So there's, there's number, there's numbers of countries that he would want to play with. So that's number one. Number two, you got this guy who's who's got control of a few people in a little country called China, and he's watching to see what goes on. Bully number two. So I thought it was an excellent move of the uh, US to send three senior ex-military people to Taiwan. Um, that was either yesterday morning or this morning, our time. Because that's a message to China to say, don't think we're not keeping our eye on you. So, so the world in general has to start to think about if we allow Putin to get away with this, what happens with with um, Zing in China? Because because don't don't tell me that he and Putin aren't aren't chatting to one another and and he don't tell me that China's not looking to see well, what do they do with that. So so I think 
I think the the NATO countries and and primarily the rest of the world um, um, will will need to think very carefully. They can't just walk away and let him keep something. Uh, now they may um, I've forgotten the two the two territories that he was so worried about those those people that that justified him having to come in except he went straight past that and kept going. Um, you know, forget that minor detail. Um, but they may allow, they may come to some agreement where this can happen and that can happen. But the other side of this is, isn't it interesting that there's an argument that a country doesn't have the sovereign right to its own affairs? Now, um, China's saying that about... Um, Taiwan, um, no, we don't recognise you. You don't have the right. So a mass of people that want to um, set up and have set up an independent, um, they don't have that right. Okay, so let's say that they should have that right. Okay, done. Does Tasmania have the right to say that they no longer want to be part of Australia? And would we allow that? I think we are in very interesting times in the political um, geography of this world. Definitely, you know, even back in our, uh, back in my country, in India, there has been a lot of discussion with respect to the Indian stand or, and also the Chinese stand with Russia, because uh, uh, where on one side, Indians, ha Indians have shown you know, some sort of sympathy towards the Ukrainians but still they have not shown the complete support to Ukraine because the reason behind India has a good relationship with Russia and India has to maintain a good relationship with Russia because they are surrounded by two, um, two neighbors who can definitely dish them anytime and India kind of diplomatically needs the support of Russia. Uh, and that's why we see, you know, larger countries like India, they are not supported, even Middle Eastern countries, some of the European countries have not completely shown their support to Ukraine. And everybody is looking from their own individual lens, which is kind of not wrong if you're looking from your own individual lens. But um, thinking from the point of view of international peace and justice, you know, I was just reading the role of UN. So, you know, United Nations, a body which was formed after the World War II, which was made to preserve international peace and security. A lot of people have, in fact, questioned on the role of United Nations. And actually, the reason behind its formation, because if it cannot preserve international justice and peace, then why are we having United Nations as a body? What's the role of United Nations? Or is it just a body to, for the politicians to make those political speeches? And I'm sure, George, uh, you will have some interesting comments on that. Well, we've talked about the UN before. Um, um, sometimes I just scratch my head and think, is this just another, is this just another junket tour um, for a whole lot of uh, wannabe could be's and maybes uh, to get together? Because uh, if you go back in the early days of UN and some of the early work that they did, yes, they came in and this they they sorted out some problems, but I don't, I don't know that I can think of terribly much in the last 10 years where I think, oh, wow, thank God we've got the UN. Really, 
yeah, they come out with a whole lot of story, but the rhetoric doesn't do anything. Yeah, rhetoric doesn't do it, and and so um, yeah, but I, I think I think situations like this are very interesting. Um, um, they can be what's known as a watershed moment. Um, now, watershed has a very pointy roof. You hit the top, you either go one way or the other. So this is a this could be a watershed moment. I think what you saw in the last few days is the new leader in Germany saying, you know what, I don't know that this is going to be the best move that I've ever made, but it's the right thing for me to do. And it's the right thing for me to do um, geopolitically and and looking at whether I sit back a bit um, and be accused of um, accommodating Russia or actually make a stance and go with the rest of the pack. And and to his credit, he went he went that way. Um, as much as you and I have both sung the praises of Angela Merkel, she was never one that was going to come rushing out hard and bagging Russia. Um, you know, she she didn't support them, but she sure as heck didn't um, she sure as hell didn't slap them around the ears either. Um, so hopefully, the leaders in your homeland may be drawn to that same situation where they sort of decide, well, we need to make a decision. Hopefully, Europe and the rest and whoever's causing India to feel that they have to hold on with Russia and that, hopefully they come up with some ideas to say to India, come over here, son, we'll look after you. Um, and 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 I think I think there is a I think there is a chance that that could happen because as much as as much as they're all over there and we're all over here, there was a bit of a groundswell where pe countries at large were starting to get sick and tired of what China was doing to Australia. And and if you remember, you and I had this talk at one stage, and I said everybody's got to understand if they do it to me, they could do it to you. And I think that sort of has started, and now this coming, I think Putin's missed his chance. Because I think the world en masse has to really think about, will we, will we allow this or not? See, when, when the Crimean thing was on, there wasn't um, a, a general feeling um, that if we let him get away with it, somebody else will do it. But I think now there's a, there's a bit of a groundswell. We're not having China tell us what to do, and we're not having Russia tell us what to do. Yeah. So it but, may, um, you know, um, conflict and circumstances often makes odd bedfellows, and 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 I, it wouldn't surprise me if 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 uh, Russia's actions helps unite the the world not only against their behaviour but against the Chinese behaviour, and we start to see a little bit of a reset. Now, how they resolve it is a whole new thing because. Because you then come back to, well, you want to play my guns bigger than yours, and that that could get ugly. Absolutely, and you know the big question now here before we end today's podcast is what's coming next 
for how long is Russia going to, um, you know, continue to threaten Ukraine? Uh, what's their ultimate goal? Some people have also questioned on their ultimate goal because uh, people said that maybe they might capture Ukraine within two days and, you know, everything will be over. But it's not been like that. So sometimes, um, you know, it, it's a question of that ultimate goal. And probably, you know, there might be a delay because Russia is still evaluating those sanctions which have been applied. Because at the end of the day, you know, those sanctions are going to affect the common Russian man, a common Russian person. And they, it's already started doing that because their inflation is going up. Um, you know, they don't have any reserve um, because the relationship is so bad. So they cannot even look up to any country. So now, in the long run, if their own people kind of resist Vladimir Putin, maybe we can see a change coming from within Russia that kind of change, changes the way uh, Russia is looking to the world now. Yeah, and I think, um, I think Putin thought it was going to be another Gulf War, press the button, have a cup of coffee, drink, drink a couple of vodkas, um, and it'll all over. And, and let's go home. Everybody come home. We've done the job. We take over control. We get rid of him. And that's the end of that. I honestly don't think that he thought he'd still be in this sort of a mess at this stage. And again, as I've said to you, even if he takes occupation, I don't believe the world is going to back off um, on the sanctions. And within, within four to six weeks, those sanctions are going to start to hurt and hurt like hell. Now, you and I and people all around the world, we may have to pay more for our petrol, we may have to pay more for this, we ain't, but we'll all, if we all decide to work it out, we'll work it out. It's a lot easier for the rest of the world to rebalance the global economy than it is for Russia to balance theirs if all of their money's locked up. So, uh, and in that sense, those that say that um, Biden's weak and, and the others have been weak, I actually think they had their hands tied from a military perspective. Um, and I think they've come out very cleverly and very strongly. But unfortunately, um, me stopping you getting your paycheck in a month's time doesn't make you feel real good if your family are getting bombed right now. So I feel sorry for, you know, as always, it's the average Joe Blow that cops it in the neck uh, and, and we all try to work out what's happening from afar. But, yeah, so I don't, I, I will be surprised if he's allowed to stay. Um, I will be surprised um, if, they, if they lift the sanctions. But I'll tell you this, if they lift the sanctions, Keep your eye on China, because if they back away, that is that is the greatest green light to China. You might as well have your, you might as well take Taiwan, because the rest of the world didn't stand up there. They're not going to stand up for Taiwan. And I think that's yep, playing I think, again. He, I think that's Putin yeah. didn't think about. They're not. They're not going to make. He's thinking about. They're making a decision on him. I don't think. I don't think they are. I think the world's talking about him and China. Yeah, and I think that's what the question can be. Uh, that, and these are the questions with which we, we can end this podcast um, for people to, you know, see that whether this 
war is actually leading to some other invasion from countries like China. Uh, is China the next country we're going to invade? In, they have already done with Hong Kong. Maybe they are, are targeting Taiwan now, as you just pointed out. And Taiwan has been in their target list for now a couple of years. And probably, you know, they might feel that this is the right time uh, because Russia is on our side and we are supporting Russia in invading Ukraine. So, you know, we can get their support and we can invade into Taiwan because the weak leadership is all around the world. They are not taking any decisions. We're all human beings and, and this is a much grander scale than the example I'm going to give. But just stop and think about it. Most of us would have played sport. Most of us have played sport uh, in a team environment. When you start to see the referee, in so and I've played soccer since the age of nine, and I'm still playing. When you start to see that the referee is not pulling up the foul on the other side, nine times out of ten, your side starts to foul as well. Because if you're not going to stop them, I might as well do it. I've been in networking groups all my life. For all my business life, I've been in some sort of networking group. And if there's a time limit on how long you get to speak and one person starts to go over and is not pulled up, you get two. Um, I'm in a situation at the moment where um, we've had a person being going over and we're now up to about six or seven people in, in, in a group that are all going because if you're not pulling him up, well, I might as well do it too, right? The same applies, the same applies here. If we do not, as a world, come together and say we're not allowing that, we're not accepting that behaviour, then all we are saying to China is play on, have you go. Absolutely, George. And thank you so much today for taking our time to discuss on this topic because I feel that this was an important topic to discuss, uh, which is trending in the world and, defi and definitely, you know, we should have some discussion and probably also engage with our audience on social media on this topic so that they can also present their views and, you know, we can have a healthy discussion to understand where everyone stands on this and what can be some of the positive, uh, some of the possible scenarios moving forward for both the countries, because this is not only about Russia and Ukraine, but this is about the entire world, because this incident has, in fact, affected the entire world. And hopefully everything is fine as soon as possible, which doesn't seem to be, but we can only expect for a positive uh, outcome come from this, that everything is fine everywhere, and hopefully we are not indulging in any kind of wars, uh, though I cannot imagine that happening in an idealistic world and with the kind of silly leaders that we have all around the world. George, thank you so much for joining. Have a great day. My pleasure. Look forward to talking to you again. This is an Ultimate Global Podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.